Well, good morning, Community Grace. Good to be with you here today. I also want to greet those who are watching our live stream today. May the Lord be with you and his presence fill your heart and your home. Well, folks, it's good to be together here today. And, uh, you know, as people are going back to school, there's always that kind of getting back to life as usual a bit during this time of year, right? Kind of getting back to your jobs, getting back to work. Has anybody here ever had a job that they really weren't all that excited about going to work to do? Come on, raise your hand. Yes, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, a few of us have had those, or at least maybe you have it now, but, but maybe there's a job you had way back that you just really didn't care about too much. I've had some of those. I think we all have, but there's one particular kind of job that I've never had that I'm really glad I've never had, and that's being tech support on a phone call person. Anybody ever called up tech support? Yeah, yeah, you know, I feel sorry for those folks because they get some really interesting questions. And they have to repeat some of the same things over and over again. Oh, did you unplug it? I'll plug it back in again. Did you, did you turn it off and turn it back on again? Turn it off, turn it back on again. A lot of those common questions, but every once in a while, they get a really interesting question. Like there's this one tech who was answering phone calls and giving tech support when a woman called in to him and said, um, excuse me, uh, I'm, I'm having some trouble with my computer. And, and uh, said, well, what seems to be the trouble, man? I says, well, my, my drink holder's broken. And it came with the computer and, and it would be really nice if, if I could have that replaced. And so the tech support guy said, Oh, that, that's interesting. It must have been like a special giveaway that they gave to you when you bought your computer. So, so uh, I don't really know how we would we replace that for you, but, uh, um, but I'm, I, I apologize for that, but I really don't know what I could do for you on tech support. And she said, no, 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 no. No, my drink holder is broken. It's built right into my computer. I use it all the time, and, and finally it, it broke, and I'm hoping that I can get a new one. Tech guy scratched his head a little bit more and said, I'm, I'm really positive that your computer doesn't have a drink holder, but could you describe it for me a little bit? Well, she went on to describe the particulars of this drink holder, and it, it looked something like this. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of missing the point, isn't it? Now, I'm sure that there are plenty of guys who have called up doing far stupider things, like calling up to ask if the computer is working with my printer. It keeps telling me that I can't see the printer, and after all, I've turned the monitor to point it right at the printer. It should be able to see it. <laughs> These are the kind of tech support calls that people get, because sometimes people just miss the point. They just miss the point of what that beautiful drink holder was really meant to do. We can do that with so many things in life. And you know, we've been talking over the course of these summers about some characters from the book of Acts and the whole story of the book of Acts. And believe me, the apostle Paul, who is a star in this whole book most of the way through it, he ran into some people who were missing the point a lot. As a matter of fact, on his journeys, he often had to go back to places that he had been before or write letters to those places to help straighten them out because people can get off track and miss the point even when you've given them clearly what the message is meant to be. And it makes the mission that we are all trying to be on and the mission that Paul was on sometimes feel like it's impossible. And that's been our theme over this summer of working our way through the book of Acts is mission impossible, but it's truly mission possible through the power and work of the Holy Spirit. And we get to see the actions of the Holy Spirit working through the early church and working through characters like Paul. 
As a quick introduction, Paul was a, somebody who was really violent towards the church before he became a follower of Jesus. He persecuted the church. He hurt Christians. He dragged them out of their homes until he had an incredible, miraculous encounter with the risen Lord Jesus. And his whole life changed. And his mission was set. The mission to go out into all the world, spread the good news, tell people the truth about Jesus. And that's exactly what Paul did. And he went on a lot of different journeys to a lot of different places. And today we're going to talk about a particular place that he went to on his journey. One of the places that he stayed longer than any other place of his journeys. It's a place called Ephesus. Ephesus. Now, where is Ephesus and what is Ephesus? Well, Ephesus is a coastal city right on the shores of what is called modern-day Turkey. But back then, it was called Asia Minor, or actually was in a province known as Asia. And Paul went to visit this place shortly after he had been at the conclusion of his last trip. As he was making his way from his second missionary journey, he made his way across the sea and landed in Ephesus and was only there for a short period of time when those who were there said, you got to come back and talk to us more, Paul. you got to help us understand more about this Jesus and he said, well, I, I've got to go right now, but if it's the Lord's will, I'll come back. And that's exactly what Paul did. Paul hopped in his journey, and he made his way back to Ephesus. And Ephesus was an incredible city. As a matter of fact, in the time that Paul was there, the town or city of Ephesus, I should say, was the second greatest city only to Rome in the entire Roman Empire. It was a city of trade. It was a city of thought, of music, of all kinds of different cultures. It was the crossroads from east to west of many different people traveling and trading. It was a vital, vibrant city filled with all sorts of different people. And when Paul got there the second time, well, we have a story to share. And that's the story that we're going to read today. If you'd like a Bible to follow along with what we're going to read today, just hold up your hand and one of our ushers will bring one of those Bibles to you because we're going to be studying from the book of Acts today and we'll be in Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, and that is on page 1626 in the Bibles that we're handing to you. Otherwise, you can open up your own Bible and join us in Acts chapter 19. Follow along starting at verse 1 as I read. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. 
God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day, the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. These stories just get wilder and wilder, don't they? An incredible encounter with Paul and these folks in Ephesus. It starts with Paul greeting together with a, a small band, 12 people. That's not a really big amount if you consider the entire city of Ephesus. But he could find 12, 12 who were followers of Jesus. And when he encountered them and started conversing with them and talking with them, he ultimately started to ask them and got an inkling in his mind. So, um, when you believed in Jesus, were you filled with the Holy Spirit? And they went, holy who? What Holy Spirit are you, what are you talking about, Paul? And you can imagine Paul kind of shaking his head. Well, then exactly whose name were you baptized into? And they said, well, John. Well, John's baptism was a totally different kind of baptism. That John they're talking about is somebody named John the Baptist. And he's referred to in a number of the Gospels. You can go back and see the stories of John the Baptist in Luke. And John the Baptist was like an Old Testament prophet. And if you're wondering what an Old Testament prophet is like, let me kind of give you the point. Old Testament prophets were kind of like finger pointers. Finger waggers, actually. You know those kind of people kind of look at you and are like, uh-uh. That's what the Old Testament prophets were like. They kind of pointed out things that were going wrong with people. Would look at them and say, here's how you are not following God. Here's how you are not obeying what God has called. Here's how you've completely distorted and misunderstood God's purpose in your life. Get your life straightened out. That was what the prophets tended to point out. And that's what John, the prophet, was doing, but that's not all that he was doing. He asked people to come down and be baptized with a baptism of repentance, which was just to say, I'm going to get cleaned up. I'm going to commit to turning my life around. And that was the understanding that these first Christians had in Ephesus. And Paul said, you're missing the point. You see, the point of baptism isn't trying to make yourself better. It isn't 
try hard living where you repent for what you've done wrong and then just try really hard to do better next time. That's not what baptism is about. Baptism points to Jesus because that's exactly what John the Baptist did. As soon as he was done pointing out all the sin of those who were around him and inviting them to come and repent, he then pointed to Jesus and said, there he is. That's the one who's following me. That's the one who you should follow now. He is the way and the truth and the life. He's the Lamb of God come to take away the sins of the world. And he pointed to Jesus. That's what baptism does. And he wanted these first Christians to understand this. So Paul shared with them, taught them, and engaged with them, and had 12 of them who followed him around as he continued his journey through Ephesus. Because sometimes people miss the point about baptism. But as Paul continued, he then went and started talking in the synagogues. Now, this is something that Paul did all the time. On every one of the journeys, every city that he went to, he would start off by going to the Jewish synagogue, and he would start talking with the people there. Why? Because Paul was a Jew. This was Paul's background. And he came to know who the Messiah was that the scriptures were all pointing to. So he comes into these synagogues to talk and to, to discuss with the Jewish people there saying, hey, look, open up the scriptures. I want to show you how these scriptures point to Jesus. And so many of them were still missing the point. They missed the point, and instead they made it about arguments. It says that they argued with Paul. Some were persuaded, but many were not because they had a different agenda. They just wanted to feel right. They wanted to hold the Bible in their hands and say, well, you know what? I'm right, you're wrong, and that's what's most important. The most important thing is that I know this really, really well and that I can prove to you how foolish and stupid you are compared to me. That's what Paul was encountering. And he said, guys, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. The point of Scripture is to point to Jesus. It's to point out who this Messiah is who has come and who has now been here. We crucified him, but he rose to new life. And now he can live within you through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is Paul's message. And they kind of booted him out of the synagogues because of it. So Paul gathered together the few people who were there to go and start teaching them. And it says he went to a, a, a teaching hall, a teaching hall of Tyrannus, and he spent how long there teaching these people? Two years. Two years every day. Talk about going back to school, Kevin. <laughs> Two years every day. Sitting in the presence of Paul as Paul shared with them the good news of Jesus, explained to them what it is that the scriptures were teaching to all of them, and people were listening and hearing and having their lives transformed, and to back it up, some incredible, miraculous things were happening. To show that this was truly God's work and God's word, God used Paul to do some miraculous things in their presence, miraculous healings, miraculous deliverances from evil spirits, incredible power working through the man named Paul, but all to point to Jesus. But sometimes people miss the point on that too. Apparently there were some who were listening, <clears throat> who were listening and not listening very close, and instead what they saw is they saw somebody who was able to heal people. 
They saw someone who was able to do incredible miracles, which would attract a lot of people. And so these particular people went out into the streets and started saying, hey, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to invite people to come over here because in the name of the Jesus who Paul preaches, come out. Well, there's no relationship there with Jesus, is there? No, there's a search for power. And that's definitely missing the point. So instead, they get beaten half to death. Because the Holy Spirit isn't just some power to be held on to. The Holy Spirit doesn't do miracles to make us look good. The miracles are always to point to Jesus. But sometimes people miss the point. And so once Paul pointed these things out, and once people came to learn and understand, it says that the name of God was honored. The name of Jesus became honored in their presence. And they repented and put their full trust in Jesus because finally everything was pointing to him. And that was Paul's wild part of this journey in Ephesus. You know, there's a lot of ways that we miss the point today. It can be so easy for us to miss the point. That's why we have to be reminded over and over again of what the point of baptism is, what the point of the scriptures are, what the point of the Holy Spirit is. We need to know these things because so often we miss the point. I know there are people who struggle in missing the point about what baptism is really all about. Baptism isn't something that you do to prove to God that you've got your life together. Baptism is a gift where God points to you and says, I want you to be my child. And I will receive you and forgive you and give you brand new life. That's baptism. It's God's work, not ours. Now, people in this room, I'm sure there are a variety of folks in this room who may have a variety of different ideas about what the real purpose of baptism is. And that's okay. You don't have to believe it just because I say it. But I want you to know I'm going to be clear about what I say about baptism so that you're never going to wonder what Pastor Darren thinks. And you can think something different, but why be wrong? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But that actually leads to the next part of this. You see, we want to point that out about baptism, but we want to point out what comes to us from the scriptures. We're called to read the scriptures together. And in fact, we're called to engage them. And sometimes we have to engage them and not even agree entirely on what some particular things might mean. And that's okay. As long as we never make the mistake of hurting one another or using the scriptures to prove our own point. Or to point to somebody else and say, well, you know what? I know more than you do. And I just want you to know that I know more than you do. I've seen far too much of that in the church and in the world. Where people hold out the Bible and talk to people from it as a method and means to boast and talk about how brilliant they are and how foolish everybody else is. Folks, that's not the point of God's word. The point is that it points us to Jesus. Martin Luther said that the Bible itself, the word of God, is, is the cradle that holds the Christ child. 
Jesus right here for us to encounter. Revealed to us as the Son of God. It's amazing. It's beautiful, but it has to point us to Jesus. Otherwise, we're missing the point. So if you have things that you're confused about, if you have things that you wonder about, if you have things that maybe you strongly disagree with me about, that's okay. Come on in. Sit down. We'll have a cup of coffee and talk about it. We can share our ideas. We can get done with that conversation and still be disagreeing with one another. And I'll look to you and say, but I know that you are a follower of Jesus and you know that I am too. And we can love one another and trust that the Holy Spirit will work out the rest. I don't know everything and neither do you. But we know that God loves us and reveals himself to us. And that takes a lifetime. And that also is a work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who inspires Scripture. And that brings us right back to the Holy Spirit again, doesn't it? Sometimes we miss the point on the Holy Spirit. There are some folks like those dear initial people there in Ephesus who are like, I don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. What are you talking about? We talked about that several months ago when we did a sermon series on the Holy Spirit. You're welcome to go back and take a look at that. But the bottom line is some of us have never really even been exposed to the Holy Spirit. Or some of us have seen people abuse what the Holy Spirit really is and who he is. They try to make it about a spectacle. They try to make it about themselves and and the amazing power that they hold to be able to heal people as they come up out of the seats and bring them up to the front and make it into a whole show that has nothing to do with Jesus. The Holy Spirit and his power is always meant to point us to Jesus because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He points us directly to Jesus and says, here, I am with you. I will help you to follow and lead you as you go forward in your life. If you will trust me, yes, you will see miracles happen in your life all because of Jesus. And it will be a testimony to those around you of not how good you are, but how good God is and how true it is that Jesus is his only begotten son, that Jesus truly is God in the flesh. That's what the Holy Spirit comes to do in our hearts is to reveal that to us and to help us live our lives in a response to this incredible gift that God has given to us. Friends, it's so easy for us to miss the point. And that's why we do need to come to the Lord in times like this. It's why we share prayers of confession and repentance before the Lord, because it's good to repent. There's nothing wrong with coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, I've messed some things up, and I really need your forgiveness. That's a right heart. It's a good heart before the Lord. It's going to where the forgiveness is and being drawn by him, but not from a place of going, I'm just going to work harder to get it better next time. Instead, it's a place of surrendering before God and saying, God, I need you every day. Every day I need your forgiveness. Every day I need your help. Every day I need your power at work in my life through your Holy Spirit. Every day I need it all fresh and anew because every day I screw things up. But we're not meant to live there in that place of feeling condemned. We're meant to bring those things to Jesus Because it all points to him. Say, Jesus, thank you for your promise to come and forgive me. Thank you for dying on a cross and taking all of my junk onto you so that it can be rid of completely and entirely 
and your goodness can become my new life. That's the good news. That's what Paul was wanting to teach and to share. Sometimes they miss the point, and sometimes we do too. So let me make a final point. God's love is towards you today, right in this place. And he may be pointing at your heart today. And you may be saying to yourself, boy, it seems like somebody's talking right to me. Well, that talking isn't this guy up here. That talking is the word of God being spoken by the Holy Spirit into your heart. And it's calling you home into a relationship with him. And I want to pray together for anybody who is feeling that prompting of the Holy Spirit, that work of God in their heart today, that you would answer and respond to that call today as well. And with that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are good and your mercies endure forever. And they are new every morning and we need them every morning. Lord, we are broken people. We make mistakes and we do things intentionally that are disobedient and dishonoring of you. And Lord, we come today with that knowledge of ourselves, but we also come today listening to your promise, listening to the promise that you gave to us through your word, listening to the promise of forgiveness that you gave through the living word, Jesus himself, who came to this world to live a perfect life to reveal to us just how good you are, Lord, and to offer forgiveness of sins through faith and trust in Jesus. Lord, I pray anybody in this room who feels like they need that refreshing start today, maybe for the first time, maybe just again today because it's new every morning, Lord, let your grace settle in their hearts. Invite them, Lord. Show yourself to them as you chase after them. And may they receive you today and the love and forgiveness that you offer to them. Lord, we pray all this today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.